What up, what up, what up? What's happening, y'all? My name is Sonny Teray. This is Akita G. And this is the Fire This Time Podcast. Episode 44. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We back up in here. Make me think about my man Derek Coleman for the, the New Jersey Nets. <laughs> Number 44. Mad power for it. Powerhouse. That's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a strong powerhouse today for the radio show. As of usual. And as usual, you know, we coming back to you every week. In every episode, trying to give you some fire, trying to give you something to, you know, sizzle on for the week. And, uh, you know, cool those temperatures, but heat those temperatures at the same time, depending on where you at. Right. You know? Yeah, James Baldwin said, you know, if you black and conscious, you're in a constant state of rage. I, I'm paraphrasing, you know what I'm mm. saying? But, and that's kind of the fan, we're trying to fan them flames. You know what I'm saying? Which, of course, we're going to have in this day and age the right type of way. You know? You know we got to handle that stuff collectively, too. As always. So, uh, I know that helps, you know, us dealing with our shit. But also, you know, we're hoping it helps you as well. So, well, what are we going to deal with today? We got a couple things on the on the checklist for today, Aki. We're going to be talking uh, about Chris Smalls and uh, the Amazon uh, Union, Labor Union Victory. And so we're going to have a, a, a good conversation about, you know, how that movement came together, collectivized mm-hmm. and, you know, was, you know, what some people call the most monumental labor victory in, the you know, in, in decades. See, for that reason, we got to get some sound effects, Aki. Oh, yeah. No, you know what I'm saying? Like we were supposed to have button. some jumps, yeah, jumping off, some, some shots going in the air, something for that one right there. No, you're right, Aki. We got yeah. to get on that yeah, sound so design. We go get there. We're gonna get Go that get sound there. design. By episode fifty, our sound design gonna be different. Okay then. Okay then. We'll make that promise. Forty-four to fifty, we're gonna do that. There we go. Uh, we're also gonna talk about, um, you know, we're gonna, that's gonna lead into a conversation about uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, the Global Network Foundation, whatever you know acronym they're going by now. It's doing some new purchases, y'all. Oh yeah, you know. What I don't want to go into. Don't don't tell them the number. I don't tell them the number. Don't tell them the number. Just, just they got more mansions, you know what I'm saying? You know? And so just as a preview, BLM and Black Lives Matter no more is buying large mansions. There we go. That's what, that's what it is, buying large mansions. Right, right. Okay, then. Okay, then. Uh, but we're going to start today off, uh, you know, on our push so shit, Aki. Okay, then. So, uh, as you know, uh, we're now, you know, Really, uh, we're, we're under the Push Soul umbrella, Push Soul Collective being hip hop collective independent label. You know what I'm saying? That not just gonna do the music, you know, now we get into other areas with the blog, yeah. with the podcast, the politics. You know what I'm saying? Like, hip hop is universal, hip hop is holistic in our lives, Aki. Exactly. You know, we, we like, you know, different parts of it, but we the hip hop generation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Clearly, that's us. I was born at the beginning of it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I came in a little bit later, but uh, through a golden era at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, with the Push Show news, you know, Push Show now has the Village playlist on Spotify. So, uh, connect with us on social media, you know, uh, Sunny Trey or uh, Push Show Collective on Instagram or whatever. And uh, check out our link to the Village playlist, you know. Six different artists and and push so and now we got a playlist on Spotify. All of them banging, you know. Y'all. All of them banging, you know what I'm saying. All of them now, banging. Now, uh, I remember Kevon Red, uh, you know, from Evansville with me now over there in New York City doing his thing with, with the photography. He also an artist, you know, on the mm-hmm. R&B hip hop lane. You know what I'm saying. He put together the playlist for our music, and uh, he's gonna be updating it. You know what I'm saying. So shout out to Kevon for putting that together for the people. 
You know, uh, right now I think it only got eight likes as a playlist, mm -hmm. but you know it's a lot better than you know it just got posted. You know, so we trying to get that mother, you know, ten, twenty, thirty. There we go. You know, so tap in. It's some real good music. You know, that conscious shit that actually rides. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some shit that you can bang and lose yourself in. Why not? You know, having to lose your proper self in. You know what I'm saying? While still, you know, being that honest and real, authentic ass. You know, I guess perspective. In the modern day music scene, you that, know how it go, man. Mood. Same thing we doing on the on the podcast with this real politics mm -hmm. shit. We doing with the music. There you go as well. Semi politically conscious, semi street conscious, right? But all around conscious, right? You know, and that's what we're trying to do. That's good music for y'all. I'm letting y'all know if y'all ain't checked that out, y'all go check that out. They make some good music. Yep. You know, the brothers make some real good music. Yep. Some recent releases from the Pussel Collective. I know. uh uh, last month, Mari released his Summer Deep in Thought project album, 15 songs long. Uh, I ended up doing the mixing on the project, and it's a classic. I was telling him this last night. You know, that, that joint is a classic. You know what I'm saying? And so that's, uh, a, that's one that got to get released 10 years from now? Get re yeah, released re re 10 years? Yeah, I mean, one, uh, throughout, I mean, forever type shit. You know what I'm Man. saying? Like, that one is going to have a resurgence, I think, once people really understand what type of artist Mari is, you, you know. Go. But uh, even right now, I see it making moves and, you know, really affecting people, you know, right now, you know, because... Definitely got a righteous vibe to it. The beats selection on there, the potency of his, of his flows on there, and then the content of the lyricism. Like, go. like, he putting it all together, you know, in, 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 this, in this forum, I mean... This is this is competing with the J. Cole shit. This is competing with the major go. shit that's out there, bro. There you go. It's you right there. You know what I'm saying? Don't sleep just because it ain't a name you ain't heard yet. Hey. You know. There's plenty of them in the game you ain't heard of yet, but one day you will. Right. That's right. Everybody you hear now, you once ain't never heard of. Yep. So. Uh, we also got, just yesterday, we dropped a track, a solo track uh, from the homie Zachariah, Man. TBM. Yeah, uh, exactly. He got some dope-ass videos out. Uh, like his chances video released last year, it definitely showcases, you know what I'm saying, the culture. <laughs> you know, black culture and what it should be and what it is what it is and what it should be. Yeah. It beautifully captures that. His music do that with the lyricism. He's a Chicago artist and that shit go hard. You know what I'm saying? His yeah. his most recent single that just dropped is called Wonder Why. And uh he definitely come up with a a little R and B hip hop type vibe on there. But it's real, you know what I'm saying? It's one of them. I think that's the one I'll probably play at the end of the episode as we riding out today. Zach that dude, man. Yeah, Zach that dude, bro. I got a funny story how I first met him, man. It's funny how I first met Go him. Go ahead, First time I met Zachariah, I seen Zachariah in the bus station snapping at the security guards because the water tasted like crap. Hmm. And it was like... Damn. He tasted the water. He went to the water fountain and filled up his his, uh, his little joint, his little container. He hit the water. He looked at it. He spit that water. He was like, man, y'all water sucks. <laughs> but then he turned around, and he had an Africa bandana, I mean, medallion on. And I said, okay, that's somebody I need to go speak to. And I went over there and spoke to him. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And didn't even know I would know him in the future. Yep. I'm yeah. exactly where I came through some of our Speak Truth Collective uh, yeah. joints yeah. in the community. The political work we've done in the community with Speak Truth Collective, a social core reading group type yeah. shit. So, yeah. Which is coming back. Definitely coming back. Look out for some. You know? Uh, so, yeah, Aki. Uh, yeah. I know Dante dropped a recent project, Book of the Dead. And Kevon got an upcoming project, Songs from Media You, coming out uh, in May. 
a lot of stuff dropping. We we dropping our first in house project. Uh, all, you know, all original beats. You know, produced in house. That's coming out in uh, either June or July. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we worked out the concept for that. That's all coming soon. So you know, be on the lookout, man. And yeah, tune in, y'all. Uh, but let's keep moving, Aki. Let's keep moving, man. That's what's up. Well, we're gonna start off as usual, and as we told you, with this current victory in the workforce, in the labor movement, you know, victory through Amazon, but done by a black man, I'm proud to say that, Chris Smalls, um, organizer, you know, of the, uh, Am- what is it, the Amazon Labor Union, ALU, you know what I'm saying, um, major victory. Major victory. Anybody who knows anything about Amazon and the powerhouse that they are, you know, in the in the movement and shipment of things, distribution. Yeah. Trilly. Only a, a couple Trilly yeah. companies out there. I'm talking about when I said Trilly, I mean, mm-hmm. that, it's a new new slang. We're talking about trillionaire yeah. corporations worth trillion. trillion. Di- yeah, yeah, trillion dollars worth. Trilly. You know, um, you know, you talking about a major move. Um, and of course, you know us, you know, Sonny Terran, Akita G, you know, we, uh, we often and constantly and continuously, you know, try to give y'all constant information on the system. And Amazon is to some extent a part of the system. Maybe not what you would say the United States system, but the capitalist system. Very exploitive. Very manipulative, very capitalistic. And uh, it being that, we already know that naturally you are going to have a situation where anytime workers are trying to assert themselves in some form of rights, you know, rights that is owed to them as human beings within a, a corporation, a company, it naturally enjoins that the people should stand together. And that the corporation will naturally go against them. Well, we just seen that sort of defeated in this situation. You know, Chris Smalls, you know what I'm saying, a while ago, he organized, a, you know, he spoke out about the conditions at Amazon concerning the COVID situation and the conditions that they was working under. And he spoke out and was almost kicked out. He, he was fired at first. I mean, he was. Uh, after the initial walkout they had over COVID conditions, mm-hmm. he was he, he was fired. He was fired. Yeah. I was also told he went to jail. He They, they said that he was arrested. Yeah. They, yeah, we just watched the interview. He said he was arrested along with another organizer that was actually still a worker there. Yeah, and he was uh, organ- arrested twice. They yeah. was arrested twice. I, I don't know if they were jailed for any amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, after being arrested, but mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, but you could tell. That, I mean, Amazon and the police working together. I mean, oh yeah, and oh yeah, and you know how it go when you're talking about um, unions. First of all, let's just talk about unions for a minute. You know, unions are, you know, they have their benefits, and sometimes they can have their drawbacks. Um, my knowledge of the unions was always from a racial standpoint. Um, especially dealing with the lineage thing. You know how certain black folks 
who were skilled in certain trades and skills were kept out of newly formed unions that was formed by, you know, agriculture workers in the South, in the Black Belt, and how that sort of locked black men and women with that trade and skill out of being able to work on some of these farms. Thus, they had to go into the sharecropping tenant farmer type situations, which often left them in debt and their families still in poverty. We also seen that translate when the brothers went up north running away from the Jim Crow South. And they went up north to work in these factories and the sisters went to work in these factories. In some situations, in some cases, like places like Detroit, and in some cases like Baltimore and Philadelphia, black people were able to organize themselves within unions and do some good things. We've also seen in other places like New York, in Boston, in North Carolina, South Carolina, those unions also kick and keep black folks out. So unions is a very tricky thing. But in this super extra, extraordinary capitalist society that we live in called the United States of America, Sonny, you know, um, this right here is a very significant victory. The brother seems to be very sincere. He seemed to have organized a team around him. Um, from what he has already endured, he has shown himself to show the characteristics that, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I think this going to be something. Yeah. And before we get more on, uh, on Chris Smalls and his leadership specifically, mm -hmm. one thing that he did say that really caught me, you know what I'm saying, as correct and just, you know, a correct analysis, basically, was when he said, we can't, you know, union organizing cannot rely on the same tactics that worked decades ago. Yeah. And I don't think he mentioned this specifically, but he doesn't have to, given the context of Amazon. But the fact that it, it is that, you know, giant corporations are growing in power yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, uh, the consolidation of so many industries into specific corporations. Yeah. We see how Amazon is overtaking, you know, uh, so much of the consumer you know, marketplace out there for so many different goods, you know, to the yeah. point where th there's a lot of, what is it called, horizontal integration, you yeah. know what I'm saying, as far as what Amazon's doing, yeah. uh, just in the general market yeah, amongst their competitors. But Amazon is also engaging in, in a lot of the vertical integration as well, yeah. where, you know, we discussed yesterday, what's the possibility of Amazon buying FedEx, for instance? I mean, uh, you know, they got the money to, to make a, a major move like that yeah. if they really wanted to. Yeah. And Amazon already relies on, I mean, somewhat on its own drivers. Yeah. Which they exploit yeah. viciously. But Amazon also relies on mm. non-Amazon Prime delivery drivers as yeah. well yeah. for shipments. Like yeah. a lot of packages are bought on Amazon are shipped through FedEx. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, that's the thing about Amazon and, and how they're set up. Um, they can get around a lot of different things, especially when you're talking about when you go into the shipping and distribution of products. Um, to me, Amazon, I always say Amazon is is new world order. Yeah. Real talk. I mean, like when I say that, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm not going to the extreme, but I'm speaking in a sense of, of how 
they are taking over a lot of things. And now the owner of Amazon is who? Jeff Bezos. Oof. Right? Yeah. He also owns what? He owns a lot of different The shit. Washington Post. <laughs> Damn. So, he own that now? I think he's been owning that. Yeah. Damn. So that show you right there, uh, mm. even outside of Amazon, we're talking about the power of single capitalists. Yeah. But I mean, it's extraordinary at that at this point. Yeah, but I mean, in 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 the in the sense of Amazon, it's a, it's a lot different. Like, you know, we get Amazon products. I see Amazon products coming through my gig all the time, and those Amazon products range from everything, from tuxedo shirts to pre cooked meals to weight benches. It is the prime online shopping. You know what I'm saying, you know, um, system that you can use. You can go on Amazon and get damn to anything and get it delivered to you in, in, a, in a timely fashion. You know, so it's like, um, you know, right now a place like FedEx and, and, and the United States Postal Service, they have a bigger, their, their infrastructure is deeper than Amazon's right now. You know, Amazon is more distribution centers. And small truck delivery, local. Long haul shipping and freight across country, they don't do that yet. But they got the money to be able to buy a FedEx and just take over theirs. Mm -hmm. They already got the infrastructure set up. You can just buy them. And that may be a major major move that may come in the future, which will solidify them even more. Because now they got the infrastructure to move around. Now, that could help. It would help them, but it could cripple the country. You know, yeah. because now you you going back into some monopoly type shit, <laughs> where you know we already know the corporations got more money than the government. So, yeah, for sure, for sure, I can, yeah, it, and it's yeah. deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, because we talking about monopolization. What about these social media companies? I know we kind of getting off topic. We're gonna get back on topic. Get back to Chris Smalls and his leadership. Mm-hmm. But social media is monopolized in so many, a few platforms yeah. that yeah. they're not, these aren't democratic platforms. Oh, no. These are owned by capitalists. Yeah. But they are performing societal functions. They, have, yeah. they There's a utility in society, you know what I'm saying? So I told you earlier, Ike, if I was a totalitarian leader, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. or not, or not, or being cast as one, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If I, you know, if I had to say so in a revolutionary movement that was fomenting, you know what I'm saying, that was seizing power, or yeah. that had just seized power, yeah, I'm rocking like Cuba did when they overthrew the Batista government. Mm-hmm. I'm nationalizing industries. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it belongs to the country. Right. Like, like I want to enforce that the nation is is ruled by, it, the ruling class of the nation is the working class, not, not the corporations mm-hmm. but the working class is the ruling class yeah of the nation yeah and when we nationalize industries we're saying we're putting them under democratic control yeah because the nation is a fun is act, going to actually be a function of you know the this democracy that, yeah you know we need as a human society mm-hmm. so uh yeah i'm nationalizing social media bro <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that's, all of it yeah that, that's coming under the people's control you know you know and uh get it out of control of these capitalists well right now they sort of seeing how s- social media is going haywire and how social media goes against their intentions 
we see how China use social media different, right? Yeah, that, that, the algorithm's different. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you they, know? they got different numbers, different formulas, different intentions. But oh, see that 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 brings up something that we checked out earlier today, though. How, you know, I guess Amazon got like this what inner workers type of network, you know. Uh, um, a new me- uh, an intra organization or intra corporation like messaging app. Yeah, like chat. Right, like a yeah. chat. Yeah, you know they in there censoring all types of words up in there. Union, <laughs> and I could expect that from a fat yeah. type of company. Yeah, yeah. But what's what's some other words that they're censoring? Aki. Bathroom. Bathroom. Yeah. So the <laughs> diversity, I think. Intra. There's an intra communal. I'm, I'm sorry. It was intra business. Messaging app and you can't even say the word bathroom in there. Yeah, yeah. And that's because and, and why is that? It's because of and rightly so, people pointing out the inhumane treatment of Amazon workers having to mm. piss in bottles. Not even can't even they ain't, ain't got time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know Man, that's hey, that's they got the, they that's some project shit. <laughs> that's some inhumane shit right there. I mean, and, and the list goes on, the backpacking work that they make you do there. Oh, man. And then you got to, uh, I know there's some factories where you got to wait 30, 40 minutes after your shift ends, after you're done getting paid, to exit the building, you got to be searched. Damn. Your shift left, go, let's go, and there's hundreds of people getting off. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of people got to get searched. And that's you know, crazy. So, so that's another 30 minutes. You should be getting paid. Yeah. Because uh, that's I, supposed to be matter of fact, y'all need to put that. Y'all need to put the time clock behind before that. Right. So it, oh, behind that. So when I'm clocking out, when I'm going to the time clock, I gotta go through the. T- I gotta go through this search and then hit the clock. Exactly right, Aki. Exactly you know what I'm right. saying that's how I got to be. It, it shouldn't be no other way. But hey, that's how that's how they're gonna be in a shipping department. Because hey. I'm gonna keep it real. Amazon ship everything. So you know what Amazon is getting a ton of phones. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's a prime suspect. Phones, boxes of shoes, Jordans, they getting jewelry, they getting sh- everything through there. So yeah, they're gonna be searching you, but you should be getting searched on the clock. Mm-hmm. Get paid for the search. Right. You right. Know? That's time. That's time. That's time. And now, in the Sunny Teray government that's coming. Yeah. I will I'm gonna say your shift starts once you start your commute. <laughs> Once you hop on the road to get to your job, you clocked in <laughs> under under my government. So vote for me. You know. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> so vote for you. Right. Hey, hey, you know something? They're gonna be writing their gas off on taxes on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right though. But now the real talk though. You know what I'm saying? Um, this right here is a is a blow definitely to uh, Amazon. Um, Right, he's so, already tell, talking about you know they talking about going to other factories and doing the same work. So right, like Chris Moss said, because of the growing power of corporations, which you know caused that tangent that we just went on. Yeah, you know they're growing power, they're growing use of technology in that power. Definitely, you got to change up the, the strategy. So what did the the, the Amazon labor union do in mm-hmm. this local area that they were do, doing their grassroots you know join in in mm-hmm. New York? They was uh, you know, being like uh, how how did the white folk on uh, Breaking Point say it? They were being culturally relevant or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Co- co- culturally relevant food was the one that kept on hitting us. Yeah, at. yeah, and that kept on making me and Aki laugh 
because they was talking about what they at first called African rice. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, African style rice. So, you know, translation, they talking about some jollof. Yeah, they, 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 they you know what I'm saying? They, they got know. they got a sister to make some jollof and they had it set up outside of the uh factory mm-hmm. and that's how they said they got some of their first organizers outside of the 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 first few yeah how they got the the next organizers you know years ago to, to really start the momentum for what you know this yeah. massive victory they just had mm-hmm. was the jollof yeah. and you know handing out jollof to a lot of that you know people that worked there were africans yeah you know and then and then those factories i mean i know i work in one you're gonna find uh yeah we got a large section of africans in the in the in the, in the factory mm-hmm. african uh hispanic and black so one thing Chris Moss talked about, you know, being at the bus station. You know yeah, what I'm bus stop. But being at the bus stop. Be, uh, Probably know, got a bus stop right there in front of it. Exactly. I, you know, outside of the outside of the factory and being one-on-one, you know what I'm saying, being, being amongst the people, amongst the workers, and really doing hands-on organizing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And uh, that, you know, th- that's definitely avoiding a lot of the obstacles, you know, put inside in yeah. the factory even social media that is depressing or or like mm-hmm. marginalizing some of this news like you can't you like being being face to face with people still work yeah you know what i'm saying and they definitely utilize that i mean you know um he put that leg work in i mean to some extent he didn't get the help of you know mass national unions to later you know, and that, that's another significant part of their victory, you know, right? That, yeah, they, he he didn't get. Normally, you have to. Normally, you get with the already existing national union, sometimes global union, mm-hmm. and this is a completely independent union. Yeah, some most people normally ALU. get. Well, 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 the ALU is because you got the National Labor Board, but that's the actual body that actually does the sanctioning for unions. Mm-hmm. So, when they said they had to go and have the vote. That's where they do that. They do that through them. They, yeah, they they provide like some oversight or something. Yeah, like they that. like an oversight type thing. Yeah. You know, they're government, but they're not the, you know, they're the ones you got to go to make that say so. So these have lawyers both appear. They did that shit from scratch. They didn't have to go no national union. So that that's a lot of work mm-hmm. because before you can even get to that point, you got to get enough votes in a factory. So yeah, just and just a few more notes about their victory and how they pulled it off. Uh, they they did it, they did all this that we're talking about on a budget since 2020 on a budget of only 120 thousand dollars. Wow! And usually these union efforts take much more money than that, you know. And this is at the same time Amazon spent at least four million. Just on anti-union consultants, <laughs> like hiring people to consult about anti-union shit. Hey man, keeping unions out of your 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 factories and corporations is real big money. They spend lots of money yearly on that, and it, it's bigger than just trying. Like four million dollars is probably bigger than the loss they would face at this one union. Mm-hmm. You say that one year you negotiated a better contract or whatever. Yeah, the loss of spending four million is probably is probably more than what they would have lost with that union foreman. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But the point of it is, from their perspective, is to quell this type of movement from materializing across the country. 
Mm-hmm. They want to kill it where it's starting to grow at. Yeah. That's yeah. why they spent so much money, you know, to defeat such a small, relatively at this beginning, a small operation. Yeah. So a few a few more notes on this. Uh, you know, the organizers went to union busting meetings, you know, with, you know, that some of these consultants that Amazon hired were at talking to workers. Yeah. Meetings they weren't invited at. Knowing they're going to get, get kicked, kicked out, out for talking that shit. <laughs> they go there and talk that shit and get kicked out. Don't listen to that bullshit. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, they they really being confrontational, letting people hey. know we ain't backing down, letting the workers yeah. see that example being said It's as real well. talk. Because a lot of people, man, they deter away from unions because people try to deter them away from... Um, and and y'all got y'all to hear the rap. Y'all got to know the story. Y'all got to like... And you got to sit in one of those to hear what they be in there talking about. But they be kicking some real shit that just seems real shabby, you know. Um, it's to protect them. They don't want unions and corporations because they don't want... They want, they don't, they want to be protected. That's why corporations don't want... Unions make corporations be held accountable. You can't just fire me when I got injured on your job. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you know, you can't, um, you have to give me, you know, um, maternal leave. Those type of things. Factories get around those type of things. You know, especially if you're working in a right-to-work state. New York is a union state, though. So, that makes it a lot easier. You try doing something like that in North Carolina, it's a lot different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good inside that key. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Chris Smalls' leadership. So this is significant, Aki, because a lot of his entrance, uh, or a, a lot of how I, when I was introduced to this story at first, you know, maybe last year sometime, you know what I'm saying? Like the fact that Amazon, after the initial walkout and some of this musing about a potential union starting to foment, right, mm-hmm. Amazon sends a memo out. Uh, Jeff Bezos included on the email, mm-hmm. right? That's saying that Chris Smalls wasn't smart, not articulate, right? And the memo also said we should make Chris Smalls the face yeah. of the union movement within our organization. Hmm. And basically, the subtext there is to to more easily quell it or crush it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying because. Let's let's choose an opponent that's easy. Is this nigga? They're not saying this, of course, yeah. but we know how they're feeling. Yeah, that is not articulate, not well spoken, and he's gonna embarrass himself. And you know, uh, he's not gonna be able to stand the test of leadership that you know yeah. he thinks. The, the pressure that we can put on him. You see, what I'm saying they quell a lot of stuff by putting that pressure on him. You know, getting you fired, messing with your unemployment. You know what I'm saying? They can put your name out there bad on the streets worse than anybody. And I'm just thinking, like, these people probably say the same thing about Fred. I'm, I'm not trying to compare Chris Smalls to Fred Hampton polit- politically, but as far as what they represent aesthetically to white people, I can see some similarities there. Fred Hampton, a brother. Chris Smalls, a brother. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, that he's not cha- changing up his dress. He's not changing up his style. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's coming authentically himself. Yeah. And we already seen for these elite white people, that means you're not articulate, you're not well-spoken. You know what I'm saying? Chris Malls is, you know, doing national media interviews now. He got his gold teeth in. Yeah. He got his chain on. You know what I'm saying? He got his fitted cap on. Mm-hmm. As a as a 
uh, man in his mid-30s. I mean, we got to think. They called them. They called the organizers black thugs. Exactly right, Aki. So, you know, the, I mean, that's tell you what they thought of them, you know. And when they see him, that's what they think. They see him with the, the, the fitted on, you know, do-rag on, grill in, you know, got an earring, got his earrings in, his bling in his ears, you know. They see that and they think gangster, they think thug. For us, that could just be the guy who's an electrician mm-hmm. or a factory worker. That's off for the day. And it's more often that than the thug or and the gangster. What, yeah, whatever yeah. they think. Yeah, he that that if he got that on, he work. That means he 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 work his job. He make good money. He put in them hours, and he likes to look good. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's just something regular to us. Yep. You know, for them, that's some stuff that you know. I'm saying, oh, he must be pushing weight. That's not associated with success. Not a, that's not associate. The look for white Americans ain't associated with competency. Yeah, with intellectual ability. You know what I'm saying? That brother can have a degree, and we can know that. Right. You know what I'm saying? They don't think he do. You know. But let alone from that, you know, they thought that he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's always been that's always some questionable. They all there's always been questions from white people relating to black male leadership. And so, I, I, what's much more important here is this politics. But you know, if we're gonna spend a little bit more time just speaking about what, like symbolically and aesthetically, what mm-hmm. he's representing, like I don't know if he's doing it as a statement. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it could just it could just be an internal thing. Like, I'm not changing up. Who I am for nobody. You there know what you saying? go. And that's so, what I think it is. You know, exactly. I, I I think I think mm-hmm. so too. I, I yeah. think so too. But even if that's the case, it it is still a statement, though. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Seeing this man in such a successful labor union, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this type of organizing at this time in U.S. history, yeah. As far as what this could really lead to, yeah, it has all the potential right now, yeah. As far as what it can grow into, and. He's being interviewed on national TV for whatever it's worth. You know what I'm saying? It's worth it for, you know, there's a lot of Amazon workers around the country and other factory workers seeing this example being set. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and, and reacting positively to it. Since their recent victory in one factory, yeah, a list of 50, around 15 interested other factories or Amazon buildings that Chris Mars was knowledgeable of, mm-hmm. he said has increased four times. Yeah. Basically, in the span of a few days. Yeah. So, and those are people that are requesting Chris Malls and the Amazon Labor Union's help. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And doing the same thing where they at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, that is significant. But my, my point about aesthetics is, you know, to see our brother being, you know, being interviewed by these stuffy people in suits. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Is, uh, you know, he's wearing what he's wearing, like we already described. Mm-hmm. It, it do make a statement, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I want, you know, uh, that's a counter to what so many other people are saying. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like especially when it comes to black men, mm-hmm. and uh, I love to see it. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't want to drag it on too much, but like uh, I, I love to see it though. I mean, you know, it's something that it's something that um, be, hopefully we see a little bit more of. And uh, you know, I just think they caught the brother on his day off or or uh, day downtime, and he did an interview. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what he had on. Mm-hmm. That's how he looked regularly. Yeah. It's just what it is, you know. But, hey, you know, um, he's, you know, he went under a lot of different attacks. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
persevered those. Um, and remain uh, himself. And that that's the commendable part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he remained himself through all that. Yeah. You know, he, he you know definitely remained himself, and I hope he stays himself. There's a lot of people that folded. Yeah, there's a lot of people that folded, and uh, it ain't over with yet. But, you know, um, him winning this victory puts him in a good position because, see, now that he has won in one factory, he has access to all the other factories. So yeah. if he gets enough votes for him to come there and speak, he can come. He was on CNBC, and he's telling them, you know, when asked, is it – they asked Chris Smalls, these stuffy people in suits, right? Mm-hmm. They asked Chris Smalls, is it now time to be diplomatic or seek diplomacy with Amazon after this victory? And he said, no. I'm paraphrasing. He said, no. The revolution is now. Mm-hmm. The revolution is here. The growth, the growth of, uh, you know, and now I'm extending it to what I, you know, what was being left unsaid. Same but poetic it, additives. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, the growing power of corporations, you know, to the detriment of working people, it was bound to fail. And the revolution that's going to overturn that and create a different system, a different uh, relationship there. You know what I'm saying? That revolution has has begun. Mm-hmm. I found it significant. You know the re- the fact that he did say the revolution has begun. That, he did use, use the, that that wording. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean it's significant, man. So shout out Chris Malls, man. And you know I think if we're gonna move on, you know now mm-hmm. we're gonna contrast that type of working class black leadership. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? With uh, the continued exposure. Of the, whew, the real pathetic, spineless leadership of these leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement, Global Foundation, whatever the fuck you want to say, acronym wise, BLM Network. You know, oh, what I'm saying? That, like that they is. they gonna shift it whenever they needed uh, some di- type Man. of different tax qualification. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like they need a new crib. They gonna they'll change that shit. If they need a new crib. Anytime a charge come to one name, they don't jump to another one. So it come out. We done talked about uh, these lead leaders buying mansions. You know, and they own name from the profits they reaped. You know, what I'm saying from these activities, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's coming out uh, that the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, whatever, in the in the, in the foundation's name, a six million dollar mansion was bought. Mm. Six million dollar, stuffy white neighborhood, six bedroom baths, mm. and and you know, and they claim it's for a meeting headquarters and also a refuge for movement activists on the run and artists. At- as if they're still involved in, like, street protests and shit yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, Activists on the run. But this is what's being bought with people's donations, right? You know, you, you're seeing, we, like we've already said, Aki, dozens of Black Lives Matter local chapters calling out the lack of democracy. Yeah. The lack of transparency about where the funds are going, how they're not trickling down to organizations, right? Yeah. The organizations get a small amount compared to y'all spending six million dollars on a mansion. Yeah, you know, and uh, so it's really ridiculous. So let, let's actually open up the uh, the thread right that uh, I, I put in the chat. So this is Sean Kevin Campbell who exposed this in the NY Mag, right? And the article is titled "Black Lives Matter Secretly Bought a Six Million Dollar House." Mm. So I'm just going to read through the Twitter, the Twitter thread, and we can add a little bit, I can. 
So this is this is not the article itself. This is just a Twitter thread that I think captures that 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 the author wrote about his article that captures the main points. Right. In January, I wrote that my piece on the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation was one of the hardest I'd done. This one has been heartbreaking as organizers have fallen homeless. I uncovered a six million dollar property purchase with BLM GNF funds. The property is worth more than is is more than 6,500 square feet, has a half dozen bedrooms and bathrooms, a pool, a bungalow, a soundstage, an outdoor fireplace made of Italian marble. Wow. Amongst numerous other luxuries. When I asked, my questions were called defamatory and the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation jumped into a mode where they sought to kill my story or detract from its findings. I know this because I later acquired a memo of their plans. They looked to bury the truth. So he's really exposing these people with receipts, right? Ah. Through reporting, I learned that the Black Lives Matter Global Network Fund has pooled resources with consulting firms run by Patrice Cullors, one of the three founders of Black Lives Matter, right? Ah. The former executive director and Shalomaya Bowers, the deputy executive director, to monitor social media and investigate journalists, including myself. So, huh? Hmm. They're pooling resources with consulting firms to investigate journalists or trying to expose their, you know, misuse of funds. Ain't wow. that just how some rich people protecting their egos and their images ap- operate? Yeah, they got the silence team. Now, yeah, this, no this contrast this with, you know, actual leaders, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. of the past and the present. So let's keep going. When I spoke with nonprofit experts, they told me that the luxury home and pooling resources with interrelated entities raises red flags for nonprofit operations. Mm. Some said a formal investigation might be needed to sort everything out. This isn't necessarily fraudulent, but it's probably a waste of resources. Tory Russell, activist in Ferguson, thinks so. More than angry, he became depressed when I told him about the property, thinking about what could have been done with the money. Russell has been wor- working with Mike Brown Sr., father of Slane Brown Jr., whose death at the hands of police sparked national outrage in 2014. And also, as we know, this is me speaking, Sonny, like what led to the really the, the environment which gave birth to the Black Lives Matter movement, yeah. right? This property is on the books, but Russell, this is back to the tweet, but Russell, Mike Brown's father, can't pull enough. No, this is the the man working with Mike Brown's father. My apologies. Can't pull together enough money for a community center in Ferguson. Mm. So the Ferguson center they want to buy would cost a fraction of the nearly six million dollar property. Mm. Russell said local activists, all these black people and black women, black folk who are struggling and die penniless. I don't think they would do something like that. And he's right. They wouldn't do something like that. Yeah. The black working class if put in that position. To, uh, and, and kept a righteous mind wouldn't do something like this he had stronger words for the organization but his main thought was i hope we wake people up i don't want people to just quit i don't want the funders to quit and he's not talking about corporations russell i'm talking about a lady it's the first time i ever got something an old black woman in orlando florida she wrote me in ferguson to tell me she saw me in ebony the grandmother then figured out the internet just to donate with the little people down here, Russell told me, we was doing something, and our pe- everyday people saw it and wanted it to be part of it, $5 at a time. More than the corporations, I wish we could have a movement full of that. And that's ultimately what we need, Aki, a movement that we fund for ourselves by ourselves yeah. through those little small donations. Yeah. 
we set an example. The people will follow. The yeah. people will get in line. Yeah. And I, I, I love that that belief is still there. See that you're doing something. So there's a quote from the article that uh, I seen uh, somebody post on Twitter that I want to uh, that's important enough to mention here. So this is a quote from the article. Garza added that she discontinued. She, I'm sorry. Garza added one of the founders of Black Lives Matter that she discounted criticism from people she didn't know personally. Mm. This is a quote from Garza. I don't need to be accountable to you, she said. I don't know what accountability looks like with people that I don't know and I've never talked to. And that's the difference of leadership between the black nationalist, black radical tradition and what this new bougie academic, even black girl magic, you know, just liberal integrationist nonsense that's ruling the day right now. Not the, you know, there are revolutionary black feminists out there. Black Lives Matter is not amongst them. Now, you know what I'm saying? It's not amongst them. But you don't you don't know you don't need to be accountable to people you don't know personally. Mm. This goes to show you that these people really want a so-called leaderless movement. You know what I'm saying? Like you're only accountable to people you personally know, Aki. You can't have no leadership like that of a of a national black movement. And black people want not I'm not just talking about one person, but they want a, a thriving leadership for yeah. a national black movement. And people yeah. that have the position, have the funding, have the attention, have the platforms, right? Have has the, at least the the beginnings of an organizational opportunity. Yeah. Them three founders were put in position that people ain't seen in decades, if yeah. ever. And now y'all saying you ain't got to be accountable to people you don't know. Like we should be fucking pissed off, Aki. You know what? Imagine Malcolm X saying, "I don't got to be accountable to no black people I don't know." There's a tradition, Aki. There's a a, a tradition. There's a, a a black peoplehood. You know, these people talk about black collectivity. You yeah. know what I'm saying? All this other, you know, metaphysical nonsense all day. But when it comes to actually being tied and being responsible, giving your position, the black people you don't know personally, it's too much to fucking ask. Man, that's the thing, man. You know, that's that's the corner they drift into when accountability is being tossed at them. See, when the accountability is being tossed at them, they all about the people. They all about, you know, the collectivity and things of that such nature. They'll talk about all that shit about what our ancestors did, you know, to come through the hard times. And, yeah, we did it collectively. But as soon as we throw some accountability on you for the stuff you're doing, all of a sudden you roll back to some stuff up. Well, I'm only accountable. Hell, I can only be held accountable or should be held accountable to the people I know. So how you call yourself Black Lives Matter? You mean only the people that you know black lives matter, not literally all black lives matter. And that's, you know, that's just goes into the, you know, the brand or the the the, the leadership that they've been given. Um, you have to remember, we're talking about leaderships that to some extent got to be lineage based. It, who taught you and who taught you? You can see they're individualist, right? Yeah. This is that's the rot of individualism in black politics. Yeah. If you if you believe in black nationalism, you know what I'm saying that, that there needs to be a measure of black national separation or something unique for black people to defend our own interests, something self where we can pursue self determination. Yeah. You understand then the need to be accountable to people you don't fucking know. It's it, yeah yeah yeah. It's like it's funny because it's like okay. 
when we look at the nationalist movement in its, you know, in its heyday in the 60s, right? We were still a people that were still coming off the sharecropping fields and still on them. And our old culture, I like to call it the old Southern culture, black people. And it's some, it, it transferred up north too. We knew we had to stick together. We knew we had to do it collectively. We moved in groups. We built towns this way, built settlements this way. Um, this new culture is very much non-collective. This is some I, I, mad capitalist shit. I'll take your collective donations, but I'm not going to be accountable to the collective. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, Aki. I mean, you know, man, hey. I'm a... It, it, I, it, it, I will account for your donations in my yeah in my pockets yeah but I ain't but gonna, I'm not gonna be accountable because because I'm like six million I'm thinking about all the stuff you could have did with six million right six million you could have bought you could have bought apartment buildings I know apartment buildings with thirty four units in it you can buy five hundred thousand for five hundred thousand I key. You're right, Aki. I, you know, I, renovation I, I, maybe another fifty. And it's not just six million. You know, what I'm saying they, they, we talking about them getting a hundred million dollar deals with the white philanthropy, in, yeah, industry. You know, what yeah. I'm saying look it up. Type in BLM hundred mil. Yeah, you are gonna see some shit. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, man. I'm like this now in this era. You can be uh, black power and black nationalists, but take. White man's dollars. Yeah, yeah, and that's what Black Lives Matter did. That's why they, you know, tied you know, to the hip of the Democratic Party. I mean, I mean like some in, in some extent, as as much as I like to go at Black Lives Matter, and I do, I I just criticize now. I'm looking at it like this is a, a bigger problem than just them. They're a reflection of what niggas have become. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, it's a, it's like one of them things. Like you know what, when I look at the way she is is that makes sense. That that makes sense in in in, in this right. It, just, it 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 makes no sense, but it makes sense if you're thinking like that. And I, it's crazy. I think it's definitely growing. You know what I'm saying? The collective rejection of Black Lives Matter in our community is growing. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh yeah. One, they never really had the hood like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They really never had the black community like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The working class black community, they didn't have it like that. Yeah. And uh, there was only certain segments of black people that they had yeah, dispersed around the country. You know what I'm saying? Now, there was some local organizing, like we always talk about, that was branding, you know, themselves Black Lives Matter. But, you know, many of them people, you know, came to reject the organization, like we discussed in previous episodes. I mean, they, they, so. they got people. And I always like to say, there's a lot of people that was getting in Black Lives Matter that were sincere. Yeah, they oh, were. for sure. But then I also looked at Black Lives Matter at like a fad. Yeah. When I started seeing people going to the memorials and taking selfies, shit, you know what I'm saying? Just to pretty much say you was there, you know, you're not into any of these politics when you're at home. You don't talk about none of this stuff when you're at home. You got in the car and you rode somewhere. Just to take a selfie in front of it. And and don't get me wrong. I can understand the feeling that you would get from that. A lot of people, if you've never been around a lot of black people, when they on when they on one accord, 
and they on some some you know a revolutionary go against the you know system type stuff whether it's just a protest it feels very good i ain't gonna lie you be turned up and corporations are really i mean we're talking about the growing power of corporations yeah they're able to offer multi-million dollar deals yeah come consult you know what i'm saying for our diversity initiative <laughs> you know what i'm saying good and, jobs come out of that and these motherfuckers get in that industry and get touched by it and you know a lot of these people's turned out before they ever reached that level. You and know to be saying? honest with you, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I've always sort of felt that 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 lead the leadership um, of Black Lives Matter. I just just me personally, I've always felt that they had different intentions mm-hmm. when they started this. No, they was trying to yeah, a lot of a lot of that stuff, and I and I've heard this communicating organizations where we've been a part of our key, mm-hmm. you know, political situations we've witnessed together. Yeah. People treat black organizing in the Black Lives Matter era as a re education camp. Yeah. Instead of, you know, seeking to reflect the best of black demands against our collective grievances. Yeah. The most uniting demands that address our collective grievances as black people. From the masses instead, to the masses. Exactly. Instead of reflecting that, we rather say, before we handle that stuff, come into an organization where you must think these things. Yeah. We're already setting the tone. We're not creating something new. We're really, you know, saying... That's that's a terrible way to look at You know, I believe in re-education. But re-education is to me comes with stuff like yourself, knowledge of yourself. But too many of these organizations are oriented in a type of way where you can't do effective work with us until you think just like us. Yeah, that's terrible right there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, and that's it, terrible right These there. organizations should instead be saying, what are the best that I can take from the collective response that we yearn for to our collective grievances yeah. and coalesce that into a popular movement? And in our pursuit of that movement is where we can instill out of the culture. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, we discussed some ideas about, you know, I think, of course, reparations mm-hmm. is, a, is, is a possible, you know, thing to organize around. I think things related to the labor market yeah, uh, as well, you know. Uh, but, yeah, we, we got to have, you know what I'm saying, like uh, some type of black agenda set, you know what I'm saying, by, you know, some type of organization or some type of coalition that is, you know, made popular by the culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And... Uh, and, and 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 that program it can't be about you know making us think the most progressive liberal ideas about race gender or sexuality class yeah let that let whatever is going to come there come in our democratic institutions let yeah, those yeah. debates come within black institutions yeah. that have not yet been created yet yeah or are or in infant stages yeah that's where that debate should be had at mm-hmm. in person you know and that I mean, but see, a lot of these academics and media personalities, they don't come from that type of black collectivity yeah. and they know a lot of their arguments ain't going to hold up in front of the black community like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, they, of course, they run from that and just retreat to a place where they're saying, uh, I'm just waiting for the black community to get beyond some of its traditional beliefs and start thinking progressive like me. You know what I'm saying? And then once the black community can does that, yeah. we'll be in a position where we can better fight. Uh, the revolution and I, I see I see it too often Aki and so mm-hmm. I, I know I'm calling out a lot of the people that uh, are my f- current and future colleagues as somebody who's working on getting this PhD mm-hmm. but I ain't from this 
Yeah. You know, I'm just here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to call it out. And they, you know, you definitely going to hear it from me. Yeah. They just got to be upset. Right. You know, I mean, you know, this, 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 uh, you know, this is bad. Um, but you want to know what? Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, that, that's the quote from Ikea. Yeah. This is bad. Yeah. But, you know, the bad, the worst thing is that the type of environment that we have going on, specifically just in the black community, they ain't going to be called out on this shit. The article's been read, the written, but nothing's going to really, no demands are going to be made on them to explain themselves. And who, who do they got to explain themselves to? They don't got to be held accountable to anybody that they don't know. I mean, you, you would think that an organization like Malcolm X Grassroots Movement, having a nap- na- national apparatus with with the history that it has, it mm-hmm. should be in a position to publicly call out these type of things. I mean, most and, of but and, most and, of them ain't. But you got to think, like, they do so... When, when some of these organizations call out BLM, they do so in the widest way possible. Yeah. Do a memo. Yeah. You're not going to... What they should be doing is we got to raise the contradictions. We got to put, we got to instill the culture in this critique. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This critique of mainstream shit that ain't going nowhere got to be combined with the culture. Yeah. But see, once you do that in an authentic way, everybody get, some of these bougie niggas get scared of it and back away from it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, see, you got to remember, with, 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 with a lot of our, you know what I'm saying, elder organizations, now they've, They've gotten to a point where they're sitting in their tenures at the universities. They're um, sitting in their retirements and pensions and things of that such nature. And they don't have the will to fight like they once did. And some of them don't have the will to at least support the fight. You know, and that's what makes some of those leaders, that's why they need a new and changing these, these some of these organizations need a new and changing leadership, mm-hmm. you know, um, with the elders' guidance. You never just get rid of your elders. That would be very uncultural, un-African cultural. We got to do some uh, dispelling. Yeah, and I say dispelling because you know I told my girl this earlier. We was talking about this Black Lives Matter, six million dollar mansion. I was like, Yo, Black Girl Magic's best spell. The the best spell within the black girl magic field mm-hmm. yeah. is the one that protects Black Lives Matter leadership from black outrage. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's what I meant by when I said the environment that we have mm-hmm. in the community, we wouldn't be able to criticize them. And even if a, another black woman criticized them, it would be problems. Oh, yeah, black women, the black women that criticize Black Lives Matter, you know what I'm saying, yeah. they, they don't find acceptance in the mainstream. Yeah, you, you know. know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and everybody, all the black people accepted in the mainstream is staying silent. Yeah. You know, largely. So yeah. that's why we, we need a black stream, you know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. part of what we're trying to do with Fire This Time, mm-hmm. create our own media apparatuses where we choose our own leadership. We critique yeah. leadership righteously. Even the yeah. leadership that we choose need to be criticized. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, especially leadership, so-called leadership that we didn't choose. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so uh, this episode really came together a lot around leadership. We had Amazon looking at Chris Maul as a black man and saying he's not well-spoken. He's a, Him and his people are thugs. Yeah. Literally saying that. Black thugs. And, you know, 
them actually being leadership that so far is standing the test about being righteous and in, yeah. in, in their relationship to the movement. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We also have leadership that we didn't choose, you know what I'm saying? But what was exactly. again, was again was chosen for a different reason, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Chris Moss chosen by Amazon to weaken the movement they didn't want, right? Mm -hmm. Because he, they they thought he was inarticulate. Another group of leaders seen as articulate but as use also as useful for quelling the real potential for the black liberation struggle Once, that was present at in, in the mid 20 teens. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One supported by the system, the other one not. No, I mean still support. I mean, look at all the books, the conferences, the the things in the media, the programming that white institutions are supporting around mainstream black feminism, this liberal No, type. I'm talking about um my man Chris Smalls. What about it? What did you say again? I'm saying they thought he wasn't they thought they made him the face thinking that he wouldn't be successful at it. Mm -hmm. But when they did that, he went straight to the people. Mm -hmm. And he built himself and got backed by the people mm -hmm. to make that happen. Whereas Black Lives Matter, they got backed by the system. They didn't go get themselves backed by the people. Right. Even the organizations which were made up of the people didn't yeah. back them at the end of the day. Yeah. And uh, you're exactly right, Aki. So, uh, you know, let this episode be a meditation on leadership, black nationalism, you know, the pitfalls of liberalism. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, let it be a lesson. Let this, let you know what I'm saying? Uh, if, you, if you made it this far in the program, make sure you're sharing this. Because if you made it this far, you found what we, you, you find to some degree what we're saying that's significant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That means other people need to hear it as well in your life. Exactly. So make sure you you sharing this. You know what I'm saying? Not just on your timeline, but send it. Text that thing. Hit the mm -hmm. DMs to some of your people, man. Say, yeah, you need to check this out specifically. There like, you go. So uh, with that being said, I think we good, Aki. Any last words? No, I'm good right there. You know what I'm saying? Fight the system. Yeah, let's fight the system. Y'all fire this time. Peace.